Hello, I'm Colin Gilchrist, CEO and founder of Union Kitchen. And this is Food Founders, stories from launch to scale. In this episode, we speak with Jesse Koenig, co-founder of Swizzle. Jesse and his co-founder, Ben Johnson, began their business partnership after selling hot dogs together on their undergraduate campus at Wake Forest. Now through their food trucks, restaurant, and CPG frozen french fries, they are on a mission to change the way people eat by serving affordable and delicious all-American eats. Hey, Jesse. Hey. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having this conversation with me. Yeah, exactly. So let's start with some introductions. I'll go first. Uh, Colin Gilchrist, CEO and founder of Union Kitchen, food business accelerator, and uh, of which Swizzler is a member. So. Yep. I'm Jesse Koenig. I'm one of the co-founders and co-CEOs of Swizzler. Uh, we are a mission-based food company tied to create easy access to real food. Most known for our first brick and mortar we opened earlier, late last year. Food trucks, catering business, lots of good stuff. Awesome, very cool. And, and uh, you make great food, which I'm excited to talk about. But I think starting off, co-CEO, that means you have a partner in this. Yes. Tell me about that. Um, that is Ben Johnson. He's my business partner. Um, we are attached to him most of the time. <laughs> um, but as far as our roles in the business, we try to turn big things up. Where I'm focused more on the external side of the business. Um, so a lot of it's like recruiting in HR, um, doing some things around finance, administrative stuff, accounting. He focuses more on like our operations, day to day stuff we're doing here. First of all, Ben, we miss you. Yes, so no, we couldn't make it very sad. He sends us, sends us back. Yeah, and two, you know, the, the splitting of, of how you run a company with, uh, with two founding partners because you guys founded together is a really interesting thing. We'll have to talk about more of that. But, but first, so Swizzer, you talked a little about that. So you have a brick and mortar store right now. Yep. You're selling, what do you, what do you guys do now? So it's sort of like- And, a, and where is it? So it's in the DVR. So if you're visiting Washington DC, right by the ballpark, um, about a half block away, but it is our take on fast food, almost like McDonald's for millennials. If you were to create a fast food company today, what would it be like? Bright colors, clean, awesome service. And we specialize in 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, all-American classics. We've got our grass-fed beef burgers. We make our own veggie burgers from scratch. We've got awesome fries. Also got our CPG fries that are out there in the world. Right well. here, yes. Um, yeah, and we're, and we're getting our hot dogs that we've started with back on the menu over there soon, too. So, get one-stop shop for all your favorite all-American classics. So, you have a store, uh, burgers, dogs, fries, a lot of delicious stuff. Yeah. And, and that's what it is, right? It's, it's grass-fed and it's delicious. Yes. That's the bad. And then you guys do more than that. So describe uh, describe the other segments of the business for everyone. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get there, but starting where we are today, we've still got a lot of the stuff that we started with and we got known for in the city. So we've got food trucks that go out and do lots of private events, lots of partnerships around the city and things like beer gardens. Um, traditionally, we've done a lot of farmers markets, although we're in currently COVID world still a little bit, so some of that stuff's a little different right now. We also have a great catering business, uh, consumer packaged goods products. So we're really all over the spectrum a little bit, but focusing on all American needs, really great uh, ingredients, but also really awesome flavor, making sure it tastes as good as it looks. So Union Kitchen, consumer packaged goods, CPG is obviously a big deal. Yeah. Tell me about your CPG product. So, you know, we think we'll get, I'm sure, into kind of why we got into this in the first place, yeah. but one thing that's been very clear from day one is that we've had raving fans of our French fries. So it's been something people talked about, but we just couldn't get enough of 
So as we've been building our business and thinking about the strategy around how we want to grow, one of the things we really want to focus on is, you know, first of all, giving people what they want, but also finding ways that we can create savings in our business. We can give our customers the highest quality food at the best price. And one way we're doing that is by starting an awesome line of CPG fries. Um, if people love our French fries in person, no one likes delivery fries or fries you currently get at the grocery store. So we've been manufacturing our own potatoes, our own French fries from potatoes all along. We've learned a lot from doing that for many years. Um, so we've gone ahead and created our own seasoned fries that are the best, same quality fries that we use and deep fry at our restaurants. You can bake off at home and have an amazing French fry at home as well. Super cool. So you guys are making a, a frozen French fry and you're just doing it better than what you're going to find in the grocery store right now. Yeah, I think they're a great example of our philosophy and we just don't take shortcuts when it comes to our food. Um, and when you look at the big manufacturers, the big people out there, you know, they're optimizing for getting you know, millions and millions of pounds and pounds. I don't know how much from potatoes out the door. Lot, yeah. And every second counts, every dollar matters. But for us, we take a huge amount of pride. This is the product that we use when we're serving our burgers and fries at our restaurant and our food trucks. So we're not willing to cut corners or to, you know, take shortcuts that are going to impact quality. So yeah. we're doing it the right way. Um, it really, truly is the best fry that you can make at home. And when you pair it off with some of our sauces that we make or the plastic ketchup at home, you really just can't get any better. Very cool. And, and so you guys are doing a lot of cool stuff, right? We talked about it. You got the stores, the catering, the food trucks, and you've launched a CPG to kind of bring that taste to people's homes. Love it. What I want to work through is like, how do we, how do we get here, right? You, you've been on this journey since yeah. when, did you, when did you start? 2014. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, you know, I, you know, quick math, seven years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I, I want to learn a little bit about that. So you and Ben, you started the, this business in 2014? Yes, like where we met, just back at, actually in college. So we met in probably 2010. Um, we went okay. to Wake Forest University down the, in the Carolina. Demon Deacons? Demon Deacons, yeah, home of uh, Tim Duncan, Chris Paul, one of the greats <laughs> out of there. Um, but yes, we, we met in college. And we actually kind of started like the first iteration of the business. That wasn't the same thing we're doing now, but definitely got the inspiration and kind of started the first little bit of it down in school. And that helped us, you know, make the leap and actually... Why? So... Were you hungry and we started making food or... Kind of. It's funny, like, looking back on it, there was always this underpinning or, like, this groaning on campus about how food options were terrible. Uh, <laughs> it was very much about, like, what food the higher ups on campus wanted to give to the students and not what students actually wanted to eat. And so we were in an entrepreneurship class challenge in like our junior year and a challenge to launch a campus on or a business on campus. And Perfect. naturally like the food was the biggest problem we saw for ourselves and for our friends. So we decided to launch this spiral cut hot dollar fun thing on campus for a few days. We even took it upon ourselves to do it not for credit for class but go to a bar near campus. And sell them there, see how it works. For cash. For cash, yeah. Even better than credit. Even better. Yeah. And I think this ended up really getting us excited about not only the feedback and the excitement from our friends, people we didn't know, like, you're the hot dog guys, when are you doing that again? Ultimately, we were like, hey, this is pretty awesome. Like, we have our farmers. Why don't we spend a bunch of time doing this our senior year, going into our senior year, trying to create a business and make some money? We can go travel after graduation, do a bunch of fun stuff. So, that was the original kind of inception of the business, but it led us to you know, all sorts of uh, peaks and valleys on our way to getting where we are today. But we're, the first thing it led us to is getting a food That's truck cool. and launching our food truck in DC. 
So uh, idea came from an entrepreneurship class in school. I love that. Was that, was yeah. that an assignment you guys were all taking it? Um, I actually was in the class, and we had been talking about doing this on campus anyway as like a way to make money. Yeah. And then it was like a perfect way to get onto the campus grounds. Like we weren't really even allowed to do it anyway. And looking back, I understand why. Like no food safety knowledge, nothing that we would need to actually. Gotta break rules, Jesse. Yeah. Gotta break or eggs or one of the phrases. It was a classic uh, ask for forgiveness rather than permission situation. <laughs> so we got like a three day pass. Uh, got to do it on campus. We like, broke the class record. And you were making hot dogs. Spiral cut hot dogs. Spiral cut hot dogs. What does that describe that for me? So, ultimately, we refined our product. So, it really focused on where the meat was coming from as well. But even in the early days, we realized there was a little bit better mousetrap of making a hot dog. Um, it was spiral cutting them so that you get, we did this math in college. We had some friends who were engineers help us, but it's like 350% more surface area grillability onto the grill, which makes it so like when you take a high bite of a hot dog, you know that first bite's really great, crisp, delicious, but then you get that kind of mystery meat fleshy part in the middle. Yeah. This by like scoring it in that way and opening it up, you get that kind of great bite all the way through, more room for toppings. We found it was kind of a fun tie-in later on because we really were focusing on the quality of the meat. But this is where you're like, hey, we're not afraid of our mystery meat. We're gonna open it up, we're gonna show you what's on the inside. We're also gonna load it up with awesome toppings on top. So that's kind of how we got to our original food truck concept in DC. Better, a better hot dog. Better not sure. We call it old dog new tricks. Old dog new tricks. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, so you're in school. Uh, just you know, you get this idea. You mess around on campus. You don't get kicked out of school. You graduate. Graduated. Yes. You graduate, and uh, and you come to DC to start a food truck. But why did you come to DC? So we did a lot of research. Like I think we were coming at it from not really like. Super foodie background. It was more like, all right, we start this business. What do you need to do? So, so coming from like a more of a business uh, mindset. Yeah, business mindset. Ultimately, we knew that we wanted to end up in a restaurant, and a lot of the inspiration came from in 2010. If you like transport back or 2014, eight years ago, this was not right at the beginning of the fast casual movement, but a lot of these businesses you see today weren't out there. You know, Sweet Green had a few units in DC, yeah. and Pizza was still pretty small. Uh, Chipotle was big, but not as ubiquitous as they are today. Kava, all these things that like us, especially in DC, know of, and they're national brands now. They were in their infancy stages, so we saw all these other types of food being innovated on, and we we're like, well, we had this idea for a fun way to do a hot dog. It's like the oldest food there is. Maybe there's an opportunity here. Um, but that's kind of where we left it at. That was fun. It was unique. It was different, and we sort of ran with it. That you know, led us into the next part of the journey. But I think it's a good lesson for anyone who's listening to this is that sometimes you just need to start. You like learn along the oh, way yeah. and pivot, you figure things out. You know, we landed at this great mission that we're super proud of and keeps us energized seven years later. But that doesn't happen when it's not like, oh, the food sucks on campus. Let's make something better. Let's make some money so you can travel. There's many the steps in between. There are many steps in many between. Steps steps in between. You have to take the first one or you don't get to the second or third one. This is the entrepreneurial journey. That's the journey. There it is. <laughs> so you start your business. I meet you and I meet Ben. And I will bring up that maybe a lesson at the Union Kitchen level is that they saw don't always invest in the idea. Sometimes it's in the people. Because I remember yes. we kind of got laughed out of the room about Sparrowman hot dogs. But once you <laughs> taste it, you see little, whatever's on there, all these crazy toppings. You can taste the difference. Well, you know, a lesson we've learned over the years, I and mean, I think a um, great example is uh, is you guys, or is you guys, is, uh, yeah, who, what are you betting on? Are you betting on a product? Are you betting on a taste? Or are you betting on the ability of someone to go through the journey 
to be resilient, to stick it out, to do the hard things, and to learn, right? And I, and I think uh, you guys have always been focused on that, maybe because it started as a project in school, and you've continued to have this learning mindset. So you come in the kitchen, you get a food truck, and you start a business right out of school. You, you haven't even had a job. This is your first job. It's the first job. We studied in school, we had majors and minors, but yeah, this was like first first job. I'm sorry, what did, what, what did you guys study? Um, so Ben actually had more of like a traditional business school background. He had a business enterprise management degree with a focus okay. in marketing and I think a minor in entrepreneurship. We kind of cheated because we knew we were going to start a business after school, so we were doing like entrepreneurship stuff at the end of our school careers. I was originally on like a finance track in school and ended up switching and graduating as an English major. Okay, good. A little bit of a twist. Yes, yes. Well, you know, uh, most English majors go into food, so it made sense. Yes, usually uh, on the grill. (laughs) Okay, so awesome. So you started the food truck, um, and, you know, I was there, you know, day one, and food's delicious. You guys are making awesome food. You're doing a great job telling the story. Instagram was good. Truck looks awesome. And, uh, you know, I think you guys were, were doing well. So what were those first few years like? I mean, I think it was a really amazing journey and we learned so much. When we were first getting up and running, we didn't know what we were doing. So being in a place like Union Kitchen was awesome because all these people had all this experience and we were the annoying people in the background just asking million questions. I remember we asked some chef like how to caramelize an onion. We thought we were crazy. We were like, what are you talking about? You just oil, onion, salt, and pepper. That's kind of it. Um, but we definitely look back at those times and kind of laugh about them now, all like the improvements we've made, but we kind of looked at it as our mini like, MBA culinary degree, like learning a lot about the business and being in it, really understanding the passion it takes to run a food business. It's really, really hard. But as far as our actual food trucks went, they, did, they were pretty successful. You know, we took us a few months to get our feet under us, but we were there in and out every single day, seven days a week, doing every single part of the business. And it started to pay off. We got like the best new food truck accolades from a lot of different things. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, DC is actually the second, arguably the first, but the second largest food truck city in the country. Okay. LA being like one, that. and DC is like LA. Yeah. Right, I'm, D- I'm from Boston. LA. <laughs> yeah, so D- DC was arguably the most competitive food truck spot in the country. We came in, there's already kind of incumbents, people yeah. there. We actually kind of just copied what they did for our first few months. Good way to start. Exactly. And then we started changing and doing things our own way. We started going to University started going to places around the city. Um, we won best food truck our second year, food truck runner up, stuff like that. A lot of accolades, articles. But for us, I think what got us most excited is we started seeing lots of regulars. We go to different parts of the city and see the same faces all over again. We ended up getting a second food truck. We started doing farmers markets. We started doing catering. We started just finding ways to get branch out and just touch as many people as possible in the DC market. And through this, you guys are making these spiral cut hot dogs, Swizzlers, fries, and veggie dogs. Is that yeah? We did veggie dogs early on, but that's the whole menu, right? Pretty much. You guys are doing well with that. And that was the food truck thing. It's about being really good at one thing. I think one other thing that sets apart is the quality of what we're doing. Like unique, fun, Instagramable. It gets you a little bit of the way, but our reason that people kept coming back was the quality of the food we were putting out. We were getting these awesome locally baked buns from a local bakery really early on. Um, we were sourcing hot dogs from Chicago. We got, when we first realized we were going to be in a very protein heavy business, we started doing research like we would at college, watching Netflix documentaries, reading the omnivores along and trying to figure out um, where our food came from. And as we learned more about the meat industry, we realized how fucked up it was, or it is still today, working on that. 
Um, and we realized we want to support grass-fed, grass-finished beef. That's what we were going to do. So we did all this research trying to figure that out, and we ended up getting hot dogs shipped to us by the pallet from Chicago before we really made hardly any sales. We're buying like 1,200 pounds of hot dogs and uh, storing them and just figuring it out along the way. Spiral cutting them by hand before we designed a machine to do it. So there's definitely lots of learning throughout that process. But ultimately, um, by having inventive coppings, by being there every single day, to make sure you get great experiences and focusing on the quality of the ingredients, we're able to build kind of a cool following around food charts and hot dogs. And, and I love that. And so you guys are making spiral cut hot dogs. And I love you know going from hand getting machine that's yes. an important part of this journey of starting how to leverage machines but you're crushing you've got best food truck second best food whatever like lots of good food trucks and so you know you're you're thinking about retirement and <laughs> you know how you can you know just ride this to glory but that's not what happened not quite <laughs> i think like i've listened to the past a few of the past food founders podcasts i'm sure at some point one of the setbacks is going to come up and i think for us this was a point where like one of those kind of valleys hit where we were doing really well on paper it was like great on instagram people were excited about it but we were starting to get burnt out like we didn't have the type of operation that was really scalable we where does this go yeah where, where does it go? go like we want to grow we only know if we have exactly what we're looking for we're trying to bring on a team and train them on how it's supposed to do we're questioning like does this even work when you're hiring a team? Does it only work when you're doing it yourself? And trying to figure out all these different things. And that's when we sort of had our, like, all right, we need to figure this out. And this is either time to go all in or it's time to kind of call it quits and figure out how to get out of this thing at this moment. But you didn't quit. Didn't quit. <laughs> and so you guys went all in. And so, you know, for you, that meant looking at the business, trying to figure out how could we scale this? How could we reach more people? You've talked a little bit about you know, this mission. So tell me a little bit about the mission and how that helped you, you know, pivot a little bit towards maybe where you are today. Yeah, I mean, I think it wasn't so clearly outlined at this point, but the nuggets were there. And where we are today is it's creating easy access to real food. You can look at it a few different ways. Maybe it's a price point, maybe it's making it convenient and fun and food people know, but Either way, it's about getting high-quality ingredients to people in a way they want, that they love, that's affordable, that they can get to. Well, a lot of people have done the getting food to people. Yes. But I think there's a lot of questions about the quality of the food. Yes, So for you guys, it's quality, then get to people. Exactly. And I think we were really trying to figure this out because we knew, like, this is hard. We learned this for three or four years. This is really difficult. So we knew we needed, like, a bigger, higher purpose to get us out of bed in the morning and keep doing what we're doing. We found later on, which is great, it's really helped us build a team and help us be different in the market because you know, where we are today, as we said at the start of the show, is we're doing fast food. And what we landed on was like this old doggy tricks idea on hot dogs, what really stood out to people was it was nostalgia, it was like something you grew up on and love, but you don't really want to eat today because that one extreme thing. We looked How at many hot dogs can you eat? You, yeah, when we found that we'd have people that would come up to us and like I love what you guys are doing, but like, this is my hot dog for this month. And I'll see you yeah. next month. I'm more of like a quarter. Quarterly, yeah. yeah. And some people are like once a year. Is that we're at a baseball game. You know, I was being kind of, yeah, I don't know the last time I had one. Yeah. I don't know the last time I had a hot dog that wasn't a Swiss. That's, that's the idea. So we're like, we've kind of arrived at today is we want to improve fast food for people. We want to put out such a higher quality version of what they're used to that it blows their mind. They're like, I can't eat this other things so that makes me feel bad. Um, whether it's like quality and my stomach's upset or like I just don't believe it anymore. Um, but how we arrived there is we were identifying like mystery meat, 
climate change, people's health, all these things are happening. Even if you do all the right things about, I want to buy local, organic, or sustainable, or regenerative, all these different buzzwords, it's expensive to do that. So as we start realizing, like, where is this affordable calories coming from? We start realizing that fast food is the tip of the spear that's driving a lot of things that happen in the back end of the food industry. And we wouldn't have realized that unless we got into the weeds and did this for a few years. Um, But ultimately, we realized there's a huge opportunity here. It's a big hurdle and obstacle because you're going against literally the biggest food companies in the world. I think McDonald's has 13,000 domestic locations that do $2.7 million on average each. Big number. Yeah, very big number. And then you've got Burger King, you've got Wendy's, you've got slightly better burgers that really are just marketing and it's not really that much better for you or for the planet. So we started realizing this could be our calling. This is what we wanted to do. Um, Creating easy access to real food and starting with fast food that's like enemy number one. That's where we can kind of make the biggest impact and create something that is not just slightly better than the other guys, it's 10 times better than the McDonald's of the world because you'll just taste the difference when you come to the door. So so you realize opportunity is to meet people where they are, and everyone's at fast food. Yep. Even if we're lying to ourselves, we're getting some McDonald's here and there. Yeah, it's people don't talk about it. It's funny. It's something like <laughs> no one goes out and like calls their friend or like tags on Instagram, oh, I got this awesome Big Mac yesterday. Um, so I think that's what we realized. Like, it's kind of like an unspoken, under-the-surface thing that's going on. It's still billions and billions of dollars every single year spent on that. When you think about how many calories or percentage of like adolescents or adults are eating this on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. It's kind of staggering and like it's difficult to get in here. You've got a lot of challenges to be able to compete with these guys. So it's a really hard problem. It's something we can work on for a long time. But we've realized that it's worthwhile. It's exciting. It gets us up in the morning and it makes people really happy. It's food they love to eat. Well there's a couple things. One, it's what people want. You don't have to go here and recreate it. You don't have to educate them. It's what they want. And two, you can do it better. Better for them better for the environment, you know, better tasting. Those are pretty awesome things and yeah. you still kind of meet them. So anyways, you learn that and you figure that out and that and that drives you to start making, you know, more than just hot dogs and fries. It, and you guys kind of launch the next phase of your business. Yeah, like I said, this was sort of like that low point, but it was also that aha moment kind of two and one. Around the same time, we ended up launching a Kickstarter campaign. One of our trucks had like slightly broken down. We needed to do repairs and we said, you know, rather than like selling it or just kind of like fixing it and doing the same old thing, let's like reach out to our the people that know us, that believe in us, who've been following along the last few years. We'd raise, I think, 20000 or something like that. Kickstarter, revamped our truck, turned it into a burger truck. We started doing a test kitchen farmer's market. We were doing like crazy burger things. So we got lines of 40 or 50 people and it became like a big phenomenon down at the White House on Thursdays. Um, that was like, okay, we thought we had an idea. Now we know like, Aha, not, not, not rocket science, but people love burgers, who knew? Um, and then from there, we were like, how do we take this to the next level? And that's we really learned that the fast food angle is where we wanted to go. And ultimately, that led us to really having a good reason to get into a particular location. Before, we always knew, like, let's do a restaurant, something like a great idea. But it's hard to justify yeah. the economics around, you know, in a hot dog every quarter, and then we can go order a restaurant for it. But that is hard, right? And, um... You, you had two trucks, but there was obviously a bigger market. Yes. In burgers, as you thought, but then you tested, and I love this, you, you went to the markets, farmer's markets, and then you just tried it out. Yeah. And people responded. Okay, great. Then you retrofitted your dog truck to turn it into a burger truck. 
and you kept testing it, and it worked. Yeah. And so that led to the idea of cool. So we've always wanted to have a restaurant or kind of a brick and mortar store. Now is our opportunity we can focus on this kind of expanded menu of fast food. Awesome. So you opened a store. We did, yeah. That was also an interesting part of what we had going on. We, ended, we were supposed to open last March, March 2020. Okay, and tough time. Tough time, yeah. So we ended up having to shuffle things around a bit. Ended up opening in November of this past year. Okay. And that was like brought us way back, all the way to the beginning of opening our first truck. Luckily, we learned a lot, but we knew at that point, like some of the stuff we just got to figure out when we do it. It's not going to be perfect. We're just going to do as much as we can, and like we'll fix it. We'll change it. We'll make it happen. So. Um, you know, we still were running the food trucks. I was keeping the lights on. We got this restaurant up and running. That was this new thing that we were trying to figure out, build systems and build a team for. Yeah. Um, we were still really thinking about the quality of our ingredients. We we're making our own veggie burgers, still making our own fries, manufacturing those. We created a commissary production manufacturing kitchen at a union kitchen. I was feeding our restaurant, feeding our food trucks, creating that consistency. Uh, so there's a lot of moving parts, and I think. We were lucky to have had the experience of running multiple trucks and catering into farmers markets. We had the whole multi-unit a little bit of experience doing that. Um, but you know, we're still getting one percent better every day. It's one of our core values: is getting one percent better every day, making little improvements, making little tweaks. And uh, we're excited to you know, really prove out our concept at this store and then be into open more locations where people love to eat fast food. Um, go to where our customers are, find the places where there's all the fast food people. And uh, give them a much better option and keep growing. It's going to be there. Yeah, I love that. I'll, I want to hear about kind of where you take this. Just one quick note is uh, we're talking to Sammy from Snacklands. Yeah. He talked about his personal mission and a little bit of the mission of the company was to make people's lives 1% better. You know, and this idea of incrementally improve, I think, is really powerful for an entrepreneur. You know, for me starting this business, it was like, well, I think you can do a little bit better. You know, you can do a little bit better. And Sammy thinks they can do a little bit better. That's an important part of the kind of mindset that comes into starting something and then putting up with all the hard stuff and coming out kind of on the other end, or if not the other end, partway through something. Yeah, I think for us, the way it ties in today is that we think about this, like we want to get better as we get bigger. A lot of these companies historically, as they get bigger, they worse, they cut corners, yeah. they take shortcuts. We want to get better as we get bigger. So we're building this into our DNA from day one. We want an organization of people that are adaptable that look to evolve and get better every single day. And we can do that. And you know, there's going to be a day we miss here and there, but we're always striving to improve that better quality, um, continue further our mission because it's bigger than making people happy every single day. That's a huge part of what we do, and it gets us excited. But we also know that there's also a big impact we can make on yeah. people's health, on the environment, on helping the country source meat and food in a better way. And we can just do that just. One burger, one day, one smile at a time. Awesome. Well, you, your story is for me really interesting because you've been you've been in business seven years, and you came right out of school, naive, not really knowing what's going on, not knowing how to caramelize anything. And you've learned so much, and you make great food. You've had ups and downs, um, and ultimately, you're kind of on a path that 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 is really positive. You know, you've got these lines of business. You have the CDG product, which is badass. You've had an awesome uh, restaurant. You have food trucks that have been successful, you know, for years, and, uh, and you built this catering. And there, there's kind of a lot ahead of you. You, you touched on this. You want to, you want to be able to open more stores. Super cool. And I can't wait to see that. What I'd love to kind of 
wrap up on though is just thinking about and I always ask this question, what's been like the hardest thing that's happened, but you've learned from kind of like the, the biggest loss but the biggest lesson that you've had. Yeah, uh, I mean I think maybe it wasn't directly a lesson from the event, but something that we kind of came out with a really big takeaway. I was right around the pandemic hitting had all this momentum. 2019 we finally felt like we figured things out. We had our best sales here with our food trucks. We signed this lease. We had all these great plans to get open right before baseball season. We had the World Series Nationals coming out of 2019. We had ready to start the 2020 season. But everything felt like it was finally coming together. And then literally Black Swan event, world changes. Um, so that was obviously a huge deflation. Uh, we had to figure out what to do. We had people on our team. We tried to keep as many of them. Anyone who wanted to continue working, we kept on board. Ended up only being like one guy still with the same. It was awesome. We rented our trucks. Um, we kept going out on the streets, serving people food. Um, even though it was incredibly slow, as you might imagine, during the peak uh, and I think that's tough. Yeah, it's tough. How much you want when you lose you know, 99% of your business overnight? So that makes it difficult to innovate and pivot. Um, but I think part of the thing that was really great is that it forced more than anything else. Ben and I to take a step back and say, hey, we're riding this moment, we're riding this wave, mm-hmm. things are going great, but we have an opportunity to really rethink the future of the business, to think big, think what yeah. we're going to do. And part of keeping ourselves sane, we were out at the store working on construction projects and stuff, rather than staying in the house, so like put a lot of time together working on those things. And we would just you know, take breaks and just talk about like, what we want to do, what we really you know, look for in the future. And that helped us take the nuggets and the kernels and all the feeling, all the ideas. All the ideas and finally get them down in a way that was like on paper, we could communicate to our team and to people going forward. So we can actually make this, you know, thing we want to create into reality. Yeah. Like like a mission and core values and a strategy. Yeah, like some of that stuff was there, but I think it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs run into is like you got it in your head and you're so close to it all the time that it's hard to imagine someone coming in these things yeah you have to take a step back and say hey like we need to find a structured way to teach people what we're all about and what we care about and someone being on your shoulder every day or on your hip every day works for a little while but you start quickly getting to the size where you can't do more so once i'm sure you're more team building yeah team building stuff so that was a big part of the takeaway and realizing we know what we want to do and we really refine that in that period of kind of stillness and you're just ready then more than ever to come out re-energized the other side of the scene. That's where we are today. Really and you got open. Got open. Which is a win. And so my next question is like, what, what has been your biggest win? Seven years, what's the thing that you're most proud of? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I'm probably biased to the present a little bit. Yeah, like, well, you should be. Yeah. You know, every day is better. Yeah, when we're getting 1% better every well, yeah. day. And the present is Right okay. now, talking to Cullen. This is it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> We had a lot of awesome moments along the way and like so many celebrations and great parts, but I think what right now I'm thinking about the biggest win was recently we opened the store in November. You know, I was there as like the acting GM. Ben was, you know, doing all the things he has to do in his play normally, also running our commissary kitchen and our food truck. So we were a little bit disconnected at that point. I had to be running the store and it was just really getting into the weeds and feeling it out. And, this past May or so, being able to pass off those responsibilities to our first general manager, um, Anisha, shout out to her, she's been doing an amazing job right. since too, but she came in as a team member, learned our system from the ground up, got 1% better every day, within three or four months, was ready to take over the reins, we were happy to hand it over to her because 
the big win for me is like one, seeing people grow is always amazing. It's really cool to see like those opportunities create and we hope to make more of those for some more people on our team. But also Ben and I finally being in a position almost to be spending more of our time on the business than in the business. So we can help make this vision a reality. There's so much yeah. that happens outside of the, the cooking and the serving and things around people's faces to make these visions that we have, these lofty goals and make them real. We're really excited to just you know, take the rest of this year and the next few months to be getting these processes, these systems, these things set up so we can have a period of growth coming up. It's going to be really exciting. I mean, that is really, congrats, that's really awesome. Like, you be able to build the systems, to build something that works, build a team and a manager that can operate within that and be successful, and now start working on what's next. More stores, more CPG, uh, more growth, and something that you know is worth building. It's really cool. So, congrats on all that stuff. Congrats on what you've what you've done, and uh, I'm really excited for what's to come. You know, I should, I should go get a burger yeah. and uh, <laughs> and some fries and, and a Swiss dog. Be good. So, thanks so much, Jesse. Appreciate you coming, telling the story, working through all this. This is fun. Yeah, it's fun, fun for me too. Happy to come back. And- Thanks for listening to Food Founders. If you liked today's show, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you next time on Food Founders, stories from launch to scale.